Hello, welcome to the Ijanoclast. I'm your host, John A. Lancaster. For episode two, I will be assessing a proposal made earlier this week by Nashville, Tennessee Councilwoman Sharon Hurt. It was during a virtual meeting of the Joint Public Safety and Health Committee where Councilwoman Hurt made a suggestion that people who do not wear masks should be subject to murder or attempted murder charges. Here is the audio clip. My concern is, you know, I work for an organization that if they pass a virus, then they are tried for uh, murder or attempted murder if they are not told. And this person who may very well pass this virus that's out in the air because they're not wearing a mask is basically doing the same thing to someone who contracts it and dies from it. it. It seems to me that we have been more reactive as opposed to proactive and a little too late, too little. So my thing is, is maybe there should be legislation, stronger legislation. I don't know if Mike Jameson is, is, um, can speak to it, but maybe there needs to be stronger legislation to say that if you do not wear a mask and you subject exposure of this virus to someone else, then there will be some stronger penalty as it is in other viruses that are exposed. Thank you, Councilor Yurt. Um, the officers do have the discretion if they encounter someone who is uh, flagrantly violating the, the mask ordinance to take the conduct of that individual uh, at hand and issue other citations for other criminal violations, including, for example, disorderly conduct or even potentially assault. Uh, you may have read the episode where there was a allegedly unintentional coughing uh, by someone into uh, the, the face of another. The, the restraint we have is that the council does not have the opportunity uh, on its own to create criminal legislation. That is a, a, a state creature. We're warranted by state law to apply uh, criminal um, applications to violations. Just, for example, as the state law allows us to apply, say, class C misdemeanors to health director order violations. But in terms of creating a new code uh, or, or class of criminal offenses, that is that is a creature of state law. Thank you, Mr. Jameson. You have anything further, Councilman Hurt? No, I was afraid that that was going to be the answer, but, you know, I, I guess that's the, the whole point of asking for something to be done as earlier as early as the council was pushing. You know, it was not, it seems that it wasn't taken as seriously as it should have been, and thus we are in the situation that we're in right now. Thank you, Councilman Hurt. There you have it. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I don't give legal advice, nor will legal advice be featured on this podcast. So I'm going to be speaking on a conceptual level. All right, so the main problem I see in Councilwoman Hurt's suggestion is the concept of intent. For any act to be considered murder, the aggressor would have had to premeditate the murderous act. Now, premeditation in the sense of murder inherently entails intent. In regards to the non-maskers, virtually none of them askew the mask for purposes of malevolence. The vast majority of these people choose not to wear a mask for either one of two reasons. One, they view the mask mandate as tyrannical. That is, they believe the government legislating them to wear a mask encroaches on their freedoms, which are guaranteed by the Constitution, natural law, God, exactly where 
these non-maskers draw their conceptions of rights and freedom may vary slightly, but it's almost universal amongst the non-maskers in this area of thought that the mask mandates are not rightful and are encroaching upon their personal liberty. I weigh in on this concept in an essay of mine titled Mask Mandates, Responsibility, and Cronyism. That essay can be found on my blog, johnalancaster.com. Now, the other camp is primarily concerned with the health ramifications of wearing a mask for an extended period of time. The general concern of these people is that wearing a mask for an extended period of time will cause carbon dioxide buildup and have a negative effect on the mind and body. And within this frame of thought, these people believe that not wearing a mask is actually more beneficial overall than wearing one. So they're not doing it to bring harm unto people. They're doing it for their own personal health benefit. Now, I'm not going to go into the validity of that thought process because it requires a knowledge of hard science that is outside my area of expertise. So anyway, getting back to Councilwoman Hertz's suggestion, there's also a valuation problem. Councilwoman Hurt brought up stiffer penalties for passing a virus without a mask, but neglected to mention passing a virus with a mask, which, considering the dynamic and creative nature of human beings, passing a virus with a mask on is definitely within the boundaries of possibility. This raises a question. Is intentionally passing a virus without a mask on somehow a worse offense than intentionally passing a virus with a mask on. Theoretically speaking, if a person contracts a particular virus from someone, that person will suffer the same fate despite the virus giver's attire. So why is the particular instance of passing a virus on without a mask made the focus of stiffer penalties? The answer to this is simple. Hertz's proposal is designed to socially engineer compliance to the government's health measures. Not wearing a mask runs afoul of the government's health crusade. That's what being, as Hertz mentions, proactive essentially is. It's applying the force of law in a way that yields desirable social patterns. If the problem at hand was purely about spreading the virus, then there wouldn't be a need to single out the non-maskers. Non-maskers aren't the only group capable of spreading the virus. Even if non-maskers were several times more likely to spread the virus, in fact, several times more likely to weaponize the virus, that still doesn't change the reprehensibility of the act itself. Attire, i.e. the mask, does not change the nature of the act, only intent does. It's the fact that the non-maskers are seen as dissidents that sanctions harsher penalties towards them. This means that Councilwoman Hurt's proposal arbitrarily assigns a greater degree of wrongfulness to one group versus another, considering the same act, which is discriminatory. If a member of government called for this distinction based on race rather than masks, that person would practically be excommunicated from American society. 
But then again, with the current political climate, almost any sensibly disturbing act can be sanctified in the name of public health. That's it for this episode of the Ijanoclast. The relevant links are in the description. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. Feel free to provide feedback using the contact page of my website, johnalancaster.com. My site also features my essays, poems, and curated videos focusing on some of today's hot-button topics. Thank you for listening. God bless.